In August, when COVID-19 seemed to be receding as a health problem and as public schools ramped up for in-person education lessons with masking mandates, Governor Doug Ducey offered parents who didn't like those rules an alternative. He said the state would provide vouchers worth up to $7,000 per student to those approved for a grant intended to sidestep masking, promote in-person learning, and use federal emergency stimulus funds to do so. Our kids need to get caught up and they need to be in a place of learning that isn't playing games but is actually paying attention to their communication skills, their analytical skills. And, and I think that the ESA model, if you look at that parents make good decisions for their children, is doing good work. Stacy Barchinger, who covers the Ducey administration for the Arizona Republic, has gone over the records to see how the early stages of the controversial new program are working out. Let's just say it's not just the U.S. Department of Education, public schools across Arizona, and public health officials who are unhappy with it so far. Welcome to The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm your host, Ron Hansen. Yvonne Winget Sanchez is out this week. Before I chat with Stacy, I want to offer a little background on this new program. Arizona's annual budget this year included a provision that barred public schools from mandating masks or requiring vaccines against the coronavirus. Multiple school districts, such as Phoenix Elementary, Scottsdale Unified, and Tucson Unified, ordered mask mandates anyway. State Republican lawmakers who didn't want schools requiring masks or vaccines were predictably angry with school officials who they viewed as trying to usurp state law simply because they disagree. Ducey responded by seeking to withhold funding from school districts ignoring the state's new rules and instead outlined two programs that financially rewarded those who want to sidestep mask mandates. Ducey cast it as supporting school choice and parental input on education. He set aside $173 million in federal stimulus dollars for school districts that didn't impose mandates. A Maricopa County Superior Court judge said the legislature's rules limiting what school districts can require violated the state's constitution. So, at least for now, local school districts can require masks or vaccines, and Ducey still has $10 million in federal funds set aside to reward some parents wanting something else for their children. Stacy, welcome back to The Gaggle. Hey, happy to be here again. Well, let's take this one at a time. The governor has said many parents wanted to get out of school districts that have these COVID protocols. So what do we know about demand for the vouchers so far? We know that the message coming from the governor's office about demand is that it has been off the charts. The $10 million would cover about 1,400 vouchers. They said and have said that they have received over 2,600 applications. So of those who have requested vouchers, how's the state doing at approving these requests and providing the aid to the parents? So I wanted to fact check the governor's claims. And so I sent a public records request over to Ducey's office and got the data. What it showed was of those 2,600 applications the governor has talked often about, those are applications that were started. Only about 650 were ultimately completed. And of those, just 93 had been approved. I think that's significant because there's money available for 1,400 vouchers, Only 93 have been approved. And 
of that $10 million that the governor has set aside, only under 50000 has actually been spent by parents. So the broader context, the governor has defended these programs for several months. There's a back and forth with U.S. Treasury over these programs. But fewer than 100 parents have gotten this aid and fewer than $50,000 has been spent. And to be clear, what period does that extend through? When, when does that data end? Yeah, that's from when the applications went live online in late August through about mid-November. So relatively recent then. So what does the governor's office say about their rollout so far? Well, I had a chance to ask the governor directly about these programs a couple of weeks back. And I asked him first about the fact that 93 students had received vouchers. Some might say that's a small number. The governor said that helping any number of families through what he called good policy um, was worth it in his mind. And I asked him about concerns from families I had heard that communicating with the governor's office on getting this money was just atrocious. I had families who had sent multiple emails to the governor's office and just heard nothing back. On that, he said he hadn't heard that there were communication issues and suggested that there might be changes to the program, not only to make more families eligible, but also to help families that were eligible that had applied to get that funding. One of the families that I talked to for this story shared with me six or seven emails that they had sent to the governor's office trying to figure out what was going on with this money, these vouchers, that they didn't get any response to. It turns out after I asked the governor's office about this family specifically, they got a call from an aide who helped them arrange the voucher and get that money. Let's set aside the controversy surrounding the school vouchers for a moment. What is the early data telling us, and are the parents who applied for the vouchers satisfied with this program to this point? Well, they're not. So I was able to reach out to half a dozen families, and they all told me these stories of complicated application processes, and specifically that after they had applied, after they had turned over all this personal information to the governor's office, they just never heard back. I talked to one man, John Shear of Scottsdale. He has four children that he applied for the vouchers. My data showed that he had been awarded those vouchers, but he hadn't received the funds, had been in this email chain back and forth that he shared with me trying to get the benefits. And meanwhile, he and his wife are paying private school tuition for these four kids that they moved thinking they would have the vouchers in hand. Do you have a sense of how many parents made this decision because of the voucher alone? Would they, In other words, would they have done this even without the voucher? I think that's a little bit hard to tell. Um, you know, in the case of John Shear, this, this man from Scottsdale, he told me that he and his wife had... They had intended to move their kids to a private Christian school, but the voucher program and then the mandates that were coming down in Scottsdale at the time really pushed them over the edge, kind of showed them that it was urgent that they do it now. I talked to other families who did it just because they thought this money would help them move their kids to a school that better fit their schedule. For example, one single mom in Avondale of three kids wanted to move her kids to an online school, she wouldn't have done that or had the money to do it otherwise without the voucher.
Okay, so hold on a second. You said that there is a parent who's looking at uh, sending their child to an online school as opposed to being in a public school with mask mandates. Isn't that sort of at odds with what the governor has been talking about? Well, yes, absolutely. Um, My reporting showed a couple of inconsistencies with what the governor said the purpose of this program was and what the outcome actually is. For example, he said the programs were to keep kids in classrooms. A third of the people who have been approved for the vouchers were approved to send their kids to online school. So they're not in classrooms at all. Um, Another issue we found is The governor has defended the program, saying that it's to help vulnerable families, those low-income families that are really impacted by learning loss from online. So he capped the income eligibility. We found three families that exceeded that cap. The governor's office said amid our reporting that they would no longer fund those vouchers for those families that didn't qualify. So the U.S. Treasury Department isn't happy with Ducey's allocation of these federal funds. In fact, he's been reprimanded for it. So why is the governor going to such lengths to defend the use of the money? Well, the governor has said that this is giving parents a choice in how their kids get educated. Um, He has often talked about parental choice in education and school choice. You know, I want parents to do what they think is the right thing to do. Anyone that wants to wear a mask is supported in wearing that mask. Treasury got involved after Congressman Greg Stanton asked them to review these programs. The congressman said it didn't appear that the programs were aligned with American Rescue Plan program terms, um, and Treasury ultimately agreed. They said that the money was meant to help the economic recovery from COVID and slow down the spread of the virus, and that the governor's programs did the opposite of that. You know, one thing we should talk about is these programs were unveiled just after the CDC recommended universal masking in schools, and they do the opposite of that. They put financial incentive to districts that don't follow those guidelines. So what about the $163 million in state-directed funds for schools that didn't impose mask mandates? Where does that matter stand? Who gets it? And what are they planning to do with that money? Yeah, so that funding was direct to districts. So unlike the vouchers that go to families, this money went to school districts that met certain qualifications. It was $1,800 per student. And my colleague Yana Kunichoff reported in October of that $163 million, $109 million had been allocated, including to a couple districts that did impose mandates. So another example of the governor's stated purpose of the program not really playing out how he intended it to. Um, And that program is also being challenged by Treasury. Uh, Treasury says this is another example of something that doesn't align with public health guidelines, and they're threatening to take all this money back. Does the governor have any response to how those funds have been rolled out or intended to be used? I mean, he continues to defend these programs as an example of giving parents choice. Isn't, is there a reason that you don't think parents can make good decisions on behalf of their children? I, I trust parents. You know, at the time that the programs were announced, it was the, the language coming from his office was, we want to support parents in districts that are following the law. But that law doesn't exist anymore. Um, and so he's shifted a little bit to the latest defense, which is that 
anything we can do to keep kids in classrooms helps stem the digital divide that has emerged after COVID. So you've mentioned a couple different times where the governor's actions seem to be at odds with federal guidance, federal mandates and such. The governor's policy priorities seems to incentivize behavior that is contrary to these evolving health advisories from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. What does the governor say about his policies and their alignment or not with these federal uh, directives? Well, he says that parents should have a choice in their education um, and continues to urge vaccination as the number one way to stop the spread of COVID here in Arizona. He has not ever that I have heard supported mandates in, in any way. And in fact, is vehemently opposed to those. So this governor has long made school choice sort of a bedrock among his uh, policy priorities. This new program comes as the largely manufactured issue of critical race theory is energizing conservatives across the country. Do we have a sense of how conservatives more broadly view this as an issue? Yeah, we do. We've Lots of polls have showed that Republicans do not support mandates. Um, so it's no surprise that Governor Ducey, who, you know, happens to lead this organization that exists to elect Republican governors, would not support mandates um, and, you know, would go to lengths to incentivize districts and families to avoid mandates if they, you know, so choose. It's also worth noting in multiple other states, the U.S. Department of Education has sued governors who have banned mandates. That's something we haven't seen in Arizona because, like you mentioned at the top, the law that banned these mandates here has since been overturned. But I think that's sort of a threat that's lurking in the background. And we'll see how that plays out. For right now, the governor is still awaiting a response from Treasury about what they'll do with these American Rescue Plan funds. They can take them back from the state. Do we know what that would mean for the state if those federal funds were clawed back, as it were? I think it would depend. The governor has said that he would consider putting state money behind these efforts and um, you know, up to another $10 million. You know, my reporting showed that only $50,000 has been spent. So that's really like not even a drop in the bucket for the state budget. So it would be feasible that you could put state dollars behind it. But that remains to be seen. Like I said, we're waiting to hear what Treasury has to say and what steps they will take. Very good. Well, Stacy, thank you again for coming on the show and, and talking about these new programs. How can listeners follow you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um, Y'all can follow me on Twitter at sbarchinger. That's S-B-A-R-C-H-E-N-G-E-R. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. That's it for today, Gaggle listeners. Before you go, please rate and review our show and share this episode with a friend. You can also follow this show and other Arizona Republic podcasts, like Valley 101, on Twitter at AZC Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Music